Welcome to The Climate Fix. My name is Asim. On this show, we shine a spotlight on nonprofits, academics, corporations, startups, anyone working on a solution to the climate problem. In this episode, recorded on the 20th of March 2020, I spoke with Julian Cherko, one of the co-founders of Proof of Impact, a venture-backed global marketplace for impact capital. Julian is also a human rights lawyer with a passion for social impact. He spent all of his professional life on the front lines of aid delivery, first as a humanitarian professional pursuing action-packed aid operations in some of the world's most challenging environments, and later as a development executive running large field operations for global nonprofits. I met Julian when he joined the ClimateAction.tech community, which I co-organized, and I immediately knew this was someone I wanted to interview. Julian has spent a large part of his life doing good in this world. He knows what's broken with the system, and he's working hard to fix it. I found our conversation to be authentic, heartfelt, and really inspiring. Let's dive straight in. Julian, what's your climate fix? Hey, so um, great to meet you, Asim. Uh, thanks for having me. My climate solution is basically a different economic framework. I think that we need to have an economic framework where it makes economic sense to have positive impact. I think we need, we need an economic framework where, where having a positive climate a positive climate impact is profitable. That's the only way that we can win in the long term, right? Because a lot of the typical narratives around climate is all about personal lifestyle, lifestyle choices. Everybody says, oh, you have to change your lifestyle. But fundamentally, small changes in lifestyle will not turn the tide. It will make us feel better. It will make certain change, you know, small changes in our communities. But I think what we need is we need to challenge the economic framework where externalities are socialized, no one counts them, and profits are obviously privatized, and that's the only thing that matters. So the whole growth-driven economic framework needs to be challenged. I believe we can't, we can't win in the long term if we don't do that. Yeah. So I think that the only, I, it's not, this, is not a, this is not a controversial reality even with companies, right? Everybody agrees, oh, we have to do better. And I, I actually, I'm super optimistic in terms of, I'm not one of those people who promotes the idea of the cynical company. I, I think people, are, people want to do the right thing. But if I ask you, Asim, how can you, like as a company, how do you know what your impact is? That's a great question. If you have a company and if a corporate, it's so hard, right? And if you're running a company, you have to focus on your core business. And if you are now to add impact measurement and impact tracking on your core business, then that's super hard, right? Because you have to verticalize it. And I think that the best, I think that the best uh, metaphor for this is, is the early 2000s where everyone had their computer systems verticalized. Remember the guy in the basement in the air-conditioned room running the email server? And, and that means, you know, in, in those days, anyone who wanted to be up-to-date with, with the market had to have someone in the basement with a server. And then, and then all of a sudden it became easy. Now with a credit card, you are online, you have a server. And I think we need something like that. Uh, we need basically a utility infrastructure that is easy to access, that allows people to know what their externalities are. And I'm building that. I'm trying to build that. And that's what proof of impact is 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 doing. So, what does proof of impact offer me as a as a I'm assume a business customer first? So, it it offers you what we do fundamentally is we 
we focus on impact events, on individual impact events. Someone put a solar panel on their house or someone took uh, some garbage out of the ocean or a child got vaccinated in Ethiopia. And we verify that those events have actually happened. And then we securitize it. We, we securitize those events. So, you know, we're obviously using uh, exponential technology to do that. But we're, and we're basically secu securitizing, we're verifying and, and securitizing the fact that a positive event has happened. And then we're trying to build products on top of that securitized event, right? And some of these products could be, for example, an offset product. You're, you know, if you're, if you're, you're a company that, that does a lot of flights, for example, as, as some of our clients are, it's pretty easy to, to estimate your negative externalities in terms of emissions. And then a lot of our clients actually look at that and they feel quite conflicted by the fact that the only option that they have to offset their externalities is to trade into something that's been traded. I mean, it's a secondary market product, right? It doesn't create impact additionality. With our model, you, you can actually fund specific unique solar panels in an area and geographic area that interests you, or you can Fund, you can you can basically build your own impact portfolio as a as a company and as, and as an individual as well, and I, I believe that that's the way to go. I, I believe that you need to have transparency in 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 the impact that has been caused, either positive or negative. And I think that people should should build these sorts of impact portfolios. And at the end of the day, I think that regulators will require them to do that and perhaps to publish their, their, their impact on a balance sheet. So that you put your negative externalities and your positive externalities, and then you draw a line and say, this is my, this is my impact uh, on the world. So, so basically we're building, we're building uh, uh, products, investment products, financial products, donation products on top of this, uh, 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 of this unique event. And as, a, as someone who funds, who finances impact, you get a little portfolio, you get a, a dashboard, which is personal to you and it's built based on your own, uh, you know, the things that resonate with you. And you can see that with your money, you know, uh, last week on Tuesday at 4 p.m., a solar panel was activated on this house in Rwanda. And because you really care about child survival, you can see that in Ethiopia, these children got vaccinated last Wednesday. You get really granular, uh, you, you get really granular visibility into what impact you funded. Which allows us now to which allows us now to also build investment product. Coming back to my thesis of profitable profitable uh, impact, you can build, and we're doing that. We're building investment products that are that are underwritten by this unique impact event. And I'm happy to talk about those. It, it, it can get a bit technical, but I'm happy to talk, to talk about some of those. So it sounds to me like if I'm a company and I'm looking to create an impact portfolio, I would use proof of impact. Um, I would then decide kind of these are the areas that I want to make sure that my company has an impact. Perhaps there's an externality and it's not necessarily climate. Perhaps there's some other externality that I want to offset. Or perhaps maybe there's just something I want to, to do as, a, as an attribute of my company. I'll then go to proof of impact. You're then going to give me a set of raw building blocks for the kinds of impacts that, that I have. But you really leave it to me as an organization to figure out how to pull all that together for me to get the overall portfolio of impact that I need to offset whatever else, whatever I'm offsetting. Does that sound like uh Yes, 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 that's the idea. Uh, to be honest, in practice, we do a lot of it. I mean, we're helping a lot of our partners to even articulate these things. Just because impact 
it's just not an it's not a natural area of knowledge for companies you know so so you know we have to help them uh, wrap their heads around it and think and, and and structure their thinking around the impact but in principle we want to get to the point where where you can just come to an impact marketplace like you, like you go on Airbnb right and and that's basically our model that's how our technology is designed that's how our business model is designed the idea is that there's a demand for impact and there's a there's an offer for impact and if you match the two directly then you just create uh, uh, efficiency in terms of the, the way that resources are allocated uh, towards output which is a huge change i mean if you if you look at the the traditional incumbent way that impact is financed the correlation between money and output is not very clear because you know money money is going into basically a huge black box there's there's whole industries that just are designed to 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 you know basically take this money and then find ways to implement uh, impact the reports are very they're very hard to compare from from one organization to other. I mean, if you've ever given money to charity, you probably know what I'm talking about. Is you just sign a check, and then at the end of the year, you get a report, and that's it. That's basically all you all you know about that. You know? But you give people like a, a dashboard. You mentioned so I can actually yeah. I can I can log in, I presume, and I can see the impact that my portfolio is having, and and I can imagine that's quite rewarding. The impact well. your money, exactly that your money has funded. And no one else has funded that, right? So if you get the if you get a report from the charity uh, at the end of the year, everybody else gets the same report. So you don't really know. If I wouldn't have given money, would that would this report be any different? You know what I mean? Whereas we're approaching things, you know, that's like the top-down approach. The charity had the you know they had the they had the strategy session. They said we're going to do this this year. We need this much money. They went to their donors, got their money, got it done or not. Our approach is, is the other way around. We, we're, we're going from the bottom up. These are the events that are happening. And, and if, this, if more of these events are happening, then the overall impact will be bigger. And we just give, make sure that people who can deliver this event can get access to more capital. Excellent. That sounds like the kind of impact that we need to have to have a really positive change in the world. What stage is proof of impact at right now? Like where are you as an organization? So we just closed our first, we closed our first institutional uh, funding round last year. And our lead investor is Franklin Templeton, which is, you know, one of the world's biggest asset managers. Um, we all, you know, we were super lucky to, to trigger the interest of some really smart investors. You know, we have some, we, we, you know, among our investors, we have VC shops in San Francisco, VC shops in Switzerland. Um, you know, uh, financial institutions such as Franklin Templeton. So we were super lucky. And I think that, I think that, that the fact that investors like this actually made a move uh, to invest in proof of impact is, is validating a bigger thesis that I have as an entrepreneur, which is that, which is that impact is becoming a necessary component of any business in the modern economy. You know? And we can talk more about that. But so we, we closed this funding round we have a team of, uh, you know, 15 people spread around the world. Uh, you know, most of our product teams in the United States, um, on the West Coast. Uh, we have people in New York, in Washington, D.C. Um, we have a product that works. We have, a 40, we have more than 40 partners on the origination side, which are organizations that, that verify their impact and make it available on our, on our platform. And this includes large nonprofits such as uh, Cordaid, which is which is one of the Netherlands biggest nonprofits. Um, 
In, it includes traditional sort of, uh, uh, you know, community-based organizations. We have a lot of social enterprises, people who try to, who try to build a business uh, that has a, a, a big social impact, particularly when you think about uh, cooking stoves, solar panel devices, water, a lot of our partners there are social enterprises. And on the buyer side, we have a number of corporate buyers. Um, we, 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 we decided to actually focus more on corporate buyers this year. We had, uh, during last year, we had quite a bit of traction with retail buyers. And I, I believe that there's a big market opportunity for, for impact structured for the retail buyer. Um, it's just a, it's a really expensive market to, to service when you're on a lean, when you're on a sort of a lean budget, you know? So we've, we've, we actually found quite a lot of interest from corporates and we've, we decided to service corporates in, in, our, in the first phase. So we have a number of corporate clients that, uh, you know, we're building, we're helping them build individual portfolios and the, the platform works. So, you, you know, what, what happens is as a corporate, and, you know, I mean, I would be happy to do a demo um, uh, for you if that's uh, helpful, but a corporate basically gets a, a custom dashboard, which is like a map, and they can see all their impact on that map. And then when they click on their impact, and this is very important, they get to see all the proof points, right? So they get to see all the data points that make that uh, event unique and verified. And without going into too many technical uh, details, it's very important for our backend that we use blockchain technology so that we, you know for sure that when the, that, that impact is basically, that impact event is a token that is unique um, and can only be traded once, right? And that's important because we want to avoid the risk that an impact event is attributed to two people at the same time. Yeah, I've heard of that. I've heard of blockchain. That Yeah, that's a great... I, I, I wasn't aware of that's one of the issues with kind of various offsetting programs is that they are traded again, 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 yeah. but the impact only happens once. Exactly. Yeah, so that's, exactly. that's really good to know. So Yeah, that's a structural flaw in the, in the whole impact economics science. Yeah. So how do you, how does this scale? How does this scale? Um, what's the route from where you are now to kind of potentially the maximum potential impact for proof of impact? So it scales. I mean, every I think that every business that scales well is is basically at the right time in the right place. I think that that's that I, that's you know. I mean, we we tend as entrepreneurs to be arrogant sometimes to think, oh, I've made it. But often you're just surfing a wave, you know, and. And I think that that wave is forming now. Uh, I, I actually think I see a huge shift in, in this consumer behavior. And it's a bigger shift than, than oh, the millennials want, you know, more social. It's, a, it's actually a fundamental shift. People just, people, there's a whole new generation of people. And I don't know if, you, if you've noticed this, um, but there's a whole new generation of people that are just different in, in how they think about the world. They're, they're better informed than their parents. They're more concerned about stuff. They don't want a Rolex, they don't want a car, they don't want a bank account, they don't want an apartment in a nice part of town. They, they want more authenticity in their life. They are super suspicious of large corporates. They're super suspicious of governments. They're really concerned about their privacy. There's all these factors that come together into this whole generation, which just makes them different economic creatures. And I love it, Asim, I love it. And my whole thesis as an entrepreneur is based on this generation which is my favorite generation ever right they they just they refuse to do business with you if you're if you're an, an obviously unethical company right and people tend to think people tend to think that that's just a niche 
consumer segment. And I think that it has been a niche consumer segment over the last 10, 15 years. You know, people who just wanted organic things and cared about local supply chains and free trade. But now you go to Tesco and they have an organic, even in their private label, they have an organic line. That should tell you a lot. You know? It becomes, it became mainstream. And these consumers now, first they're consumers and they, they vote with their wallet. And then, then companies, that, companies that are more purpose-minded will have an advantage. But then they will become investors and they will invest in companies that are purpose-minded. Already the pressure, if you talk to anyone in the financial industry, the pressure from investors to build sustainable investment products is huge. And there's just not enough deal flow. There's just not enough. There's, if you, that's like a, the biggest arbitrage opportunity, I think, in the financial markets right now. And it's why you see uh, companies like BlackRock uh, coming out and declaring that all their, all, you know, that they put sustainability at the core of their investment because they're looking, they're, they're, they're looking ahead at, at a new generation that just will not give them their money. They just won't hand over their money. And, and that's how you scale. You just surf that wave. And, and I think that we're, and I've seen even, ever, even since I started teaching proof of impact, you know, two years ago versus now, two years ago, I used to walk into VC shops and they would just, they would just didn't even know how to talk to me. You know what I mean? Cause it's just like, what is this guy talking? And now, you go there and they just nod because they feel the pressure in their own portfolio companies. They, they feel the pressure from their own clients, from their own shareholders. And then the last step will be the regulatory framework will change. And it's changing Well, you see in Europe, you have the, the new green deal for Europe, which creates a lot of pressure on corporates. Um, you have governmental initiatives that will just force corporates to clean up their act. And that's the surf that's forming, right? And then all you need to do is to make sure that you have the market fit, that, that you respond to that thing and just, you know, go to scale and make sure that the technology that, and that the capital that you have available allows you to scale. But that's, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, think you can, I don't think you can scale without that cultural shift. Yeah, and I agree. I think that I've, I've noticed, especially in the last, definitely, definitely in the last year, um, that there has been a groundswell of, of movement. And I won't say it's been led by particular people. I think this particular people have been there at the right time and they're, they're figureheads for, the, for a natural groundswell of change that's happening. And, and, and my whole role uh, exists because of that, because there's a belief that there is a groundswell of movement there. So what, 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 what are your plans? What, what, will you be, what will you be doing in the next coming kind of 18 months? What's the next 18 months hold for Proof of Impact? So I mean, we, we obviously, if you would have asked me this question two weeks ago, I would have had a slightly different answer. Now, all bets are off, I think, with, with you know, with, with Corona. I actually think that I'm one of those people who thinks that, 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 that whatever waits for us on the other side of Corona will be fundamentally different from what we have now, you know? Uh, and, and my business will be affected by that in, in, in one way or another, you know, uh, everybody's business, every, everything will be affected by that, I think, you know, but all things considered, I mean, we, our, our, our next job is just to scale, uh, to get more and to, to make sure that we increase our relevance to, to the market, you know? So we're in the classic, we're in the classic kind of market fit uh, stage. You know, we have the product, we have a bunch of clients. How can we, be relevant to our current clients? How can we be relevant to a whole new generation of clients? What can we do to accelerate? And, you know, because we're an impact-minded company, how can we make sure that we're, our impact is relevant to the market, right? Um, that's where we are. And, 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 you know, I mean, to be honest, we, over the last week, everyone in our company has 
shifted their focus to Corona, right? And and our, our big question as a company is, what can we do? Because we're a global company. We have people, as I mentioned, all over the world. Let's go into our community and find something that we can do to support. Because, you know, in times like this, you have to support your community, you know? So actually, we, we repurposed a lot of our resources that were meant for growth and for, for, for you know, uh, uh, yeah, for 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 getting to market, we repurpose them to the Corona response. You know? So we're helping we're helping people in 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 uh, in uh, Colorado and in San Diego and in Los Angeles distribute food to nurses. Um, and we're helping. We, you know, we just we we just want to make sure that we are part uh, of of the response. You know, that's fantastic. Yeah. So we're actually recording on the twentieth of March, twenty twenty, and for the future listeners, we're actually in the I'd say in in the grips of the coronavirus pandemic and maybe in a year's time when you're listening to this it will be quite a history history point yeah. but um yeah so, so you're actually people who are working at proof of impact are just helping out yeah and that's fantastic that i think that also says a lot about the um the ethics of the of the company and its leaders if that's the uh, yeah. if that's the direction you're going in so um Let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about what kind of inspired you, your background and kind of your co-founders' past. What, what inspired you to start this, in, this endeavor of proof of impact? Where'd that come from? So my, my background is actually very interesting. I've, I've spent most of the 2000s basically in conflict zones, in, in refugee camps. I've, uh, I've started working as a human rights lawyer, um, and I worked a lot with just, just you know, uh, uh, refugees with uh, with the internal displaced people. So I've been in some of the more interesting places, uh, I think, in those days. And I've actually had the privilege to be, to be, to be there where some historic moments have happened. You know, like I've I've been I've been there where when new countries have declared independence, like in East Timor. I, I was there with the peacekeeping uh, operations in East Timor, and I was I was. You know, at the border of Afghanistan, when the war started, working with Afghan refugees, and I've been in Syria, and I've so I've done a lot of that sort of work. You know, um, I spent two years in Somalia. Uh, I, I lived there. I worked there. Um, I've done a lot of that work, and actually, you know, so I had the privilege to see the world from a bit of a different perspective, and it's a perspective that, if you look with the right kind of eyes, um, it's a place where technology is really a multiplier. I think you know, like. If you're thinking about technology in the hands of a of a London inner city professional, it's a it's obviously it's a factor, right? But if you think about technology in the hands of someone in a, in rural Somalia, it's a force multiplier. It's something that changes their life completely. And I've seen I've seen people using technology in ways that is so smart that I was like, wow, this is you know, I mean, if we if we find a way to just to just Use this technology, give it in the hands of people. That you know, that that can change everything. So I became I became a reluctant technologist. And, you know, I'm not I'm not an engineer or anything, but I just became a reluctant tech over the years. You know, and then I've I've you know I mean obviously uh, uh, conflict post conflict life doesn't go well with family life. You know, and I've become a family man. And then I've I've just shifted to more to more operational sort of development work. You know, so I've run some. Some really large projects. Um, I run country operations for large nonprofits across a number of of sectors. You know, I, I mean, I've worked in in logistics, in malaria, in public health. In I, I've run mobile clinics, um, uh, large sort of projects related to 
to consumer goods. So, so again, I've, I've, I've been in markets where infrastructure is low, um, income super low, cash availability super low. And I've noticed that there are actually, if you, if you work with the insights on those markets, you can be super successful. You know? And again, I've had the privilege to be at the center of some initiatives in those markets that were successful, both, both in terms of their commercial uh, nature, but also in terms of their, their impact. You know? And then I've become a social entrepreneur. I've, I've taken a lot of these insights. Uh, I've taken my experience in these markets uh, and I've started a few companies over the years. Uh, some of them have not done very well. Um, and others <laughs> have, have done okay. And Proof of Impact, Proof of Impact just, is just the latest iteration in my, in my sort of drive to find ways to make impact profitable. You know? and, and my co-founder is actually super interesting as well. She, she comes from a very different uh, perspective. She comes from um, a banking, uh, she, she comes from a banking world. She's a financial, uh, she, knows, she knows the financial markets, the capital world uh, very, very well. What's her name? Would you mind me? Her name is Fleur. Fleur. She lives in Cape Town. We met in Cape Town. I was also living there, um, and we decided to embark on this uh, on this together. And I think that her capital kind of investment mind and my impact perspective are a pretty powerful combination. You know, so we recover, and it's a very rare thing to have to have impact uh, finances and technology under the same roof. You know, for a startup. So. That gives us a big advantage, I think. So you, you, you've had a, a really interesting background. I think, think spending the last 20 years or so in, in conflict and impact zones must have been kind of hard at times. How do you, how do you stay motivated? How do you, how do you keep, I mean, yeah. Honestly, I think, you know, I mean, any job's hard, right? I mean, it has its hard times, but, but I like it. I mean, <laughs> you know, the, the, the impact, to the impact to BS ratio in an environment like that is, is more optimal, you know, if you know what I mean. Like, like if you're impact-minded and if you're operational-minded, in those environments, you can have a lot of job satisfaction, you know, because you can actually get things done. You can actually see the impact of your work. It's more real. It's more, you know, compared to sitting in an office and doing Excel sheets and sitting in meetings. I mean, I don't know which one's harder and which one's more tedious, to be honest. I mean, I, I, I never, I've never done that, so I, I don't know much about doing Excel sheets and, and tedious meetings. But, but any job is hard, you know. And I think that I think that operating in that sort of environment has some advantages that are that are for me very, very significant. You know. Mm -hmm. well, that's the great point, actually. Yeah. So you, because you, you get to see the impact of your work in a very visceral, real way, which must give you. Um, like the motivation to try and do the next impact, to try and do the next impact, which is oh, and you yeah. get the insight. You get the, and you know, I mean, by the way, most of the world lives in you know, most of the world doesn't live in inner cities in the Western. World. You know, like this is that's the reality of our planet, of our world. So you might as well you know get to understand how it works. You know. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Do you think you will leave a world better than the one you were born into, or worse? I mean, super hard question. Yeah. I think. I mean, I obviously I wish I, I I hope I live the world better, um, but that you know I mean that implies that my own actions have have a global impact at that scale, and that's a wonderful thing to imagine. But maybe it's a bit arrogant to think, you know. I I I hope that yeah, I hope that's the case. But if that's the case, it's not because something that I've done, but because 
I've just been part of a wave of a generation that just gets things right, you know? And that, I, I actually believe that's the case. I believe that my, the world after me will be a lot better than it is now because of people that I count myself among who actually care. Yeah, fantastic. Excellent. Just a couple more questions. So do you have a, do you have a good book or video or audio recommendation or something for our listeners that has inspired you recently? I do have a piece of content I want to recommend to the listeners. Go for it. And, and it's, a, it's an article written in 1995. I actually share, if I think over the last two years, two, three years, this is probably the article that I've shared more often. It's written, it's written, uh, it's called Why the Web Won't Be Nirvana. Mm. And it's written by someone, it's written by someone um, who was like an, an, a, a, you know, a, a technology insider, Clifford Stoll. Mm. Epic article, legendary. He gets everything wrong. Clifford gets everything wrong. And that's why I share this article. It's because he sits, this guy sits in 1995. He's, he was part of the inner group that got to understand and build the web, the early web, right? Mm -hmm. He was a technologist, a computer expert. He was famous actually because he, he was the one that, that, that managed to successfully find the first hacker ever. Mm -hmm. this guy and then he you know someone asked him in 1995 at newsweek what do you think about the internet and this dude gets everything wrong he says he says it's never gonna work <laughs> and he says he says there's just too few people using it and he says it's too expensive and he says people say that we're gonna read books from the from some machine who's gonna go with their computer to the beach he says or to the toilet and he What's amazing, you know, and the reason why I share this article is that people from the inside get, get things wrong all the time. And, and being too smart is sometimes not so healthy in, in, in many ways, you know. And, and you have to try to, you know, mm. you have to look at what I learned from this article and this sort of, you know, being exposed to this sort of people getting things wrong is that, first of all, it's impossible to know what happened, right? But you also shouldn't focus too much on a technology or, or, or on a product, but again, focus on the bigger trend. So, you know, in 1995, when this guy wrote his article, Amazon started selling books online. It's the same year. What did this guy do? He looked at Amazon's, he looked at Amazon's uh, distribution numbers and said, they only sold 2,000 books last month. That's nothing, he said. So, you know, he, and he compared basically uh, present data instead of looking at the potential for growth, right? And he says, well, my local shopping mall, he says, my local shopping mall sells more things in an afternoon than whole of Amazon in like a month. Mm. True, but the local shopping mall cannot grow any further, whereas Amazon has infinite place to grow, you know? Mm. So I love this article and I actually, I, strong, I, I strongly recommend you read it and I strongly recommend it to the, to the listeners to read it on how to not think about the future. Brilliant. Uh, I love it. I never, I never heard a recommendation. Somebody got it wrong. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Julian. It's been absolutely fantastic and fascinating talking to you and hearing more about proof of impact and, uh, and, and your background, especially. Thank you very much for your time, Julian. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. This is great. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Asim Hussain on The Climate Fix. If you like what you heard, please hit subscribe on your favorite podcast application. It really does help. Information about this episode, including all the links that we mentioned, can be found on our website, theclimatefix.com. 
If you want to message me, you can find me on Twitter as jawache, or you can email me at hello at theclimatefix.com. If you want each new episode neatly packaged together with the show notes and sent to your inbox weekly, then subscribe to our newsletter, which you can again find on theclimatefix.com. Till next time. Thank you.